amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. See ham on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CDP, CDP, no. Hey, you.
Welcome to the Press Box and Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. Very excited weekend of, of college sports. Very excited weekend in regards to combat sports. The UFC 205 is coming to New York City tonight. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Eddie Alvarez. Steven Wonderboy versus, versus T. Wood. And JoJo versus... The world, actually. I mean, a fellow Polish fighter as well in the women's strawweight division. So much to get to today. We're also going to be talking some playoff football from the state of Georgia. Also, going to be talking some playoff football from the state of Texas. Uh, special congratulations go out to to Lynette and Lafayette. They both move on to the quarterfinals in in, in Alabama two way state playoffs, where if they both win next week, they'll play again in Lafayette in two weeks. So. You know, a lot of a lot of big time things going on here in the state of, here in here in, the, here in the, uh, the bi state area in my area. So let's just uh go ahead and jump into this daily devotional. This one comes from our friends in In Touch Ministries and it's called Vision Without Boundaries. The actual devotion comes from Luke chapter eighteen, verse twenty seven. But he said the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Let me repeat let me repeat that again. But he said the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. <laughs> we we about, we about to get deep right here, y'all. I think y'all are listening up. What do you think goes through the mind of runners during the marathon? It's not unusual for them to think about crossing the finish line. If they let themselves dwell on how long, painful, or difficult the race will be, they can easily fail. With regard to our aspirations, we would be wise to follow a similar thought pattern. If we permit ourselves to think about obstacles in our path, we are less likely to succeed. God's vision is to is for us to share his message of hope with all of the world, as in Luke 24 and 47. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Like a marathon, it's a huge task. Many Christians feel all the nations is too big of an assignment. Other believers stop because of a language barrier or a safety concern. And some just don't know how to start. So they let insecurity deter them. But Jesus' mandate must translate into our obedience, which means we must overcome any hindrances. First, it's important to identify limitations that exist in our minds. Secondly, God's transformation of our own life should be a significant motivation. Third, we need to rely on Jesus' promise of his presence and the Holy Spirit's empowerment. Remember that the Lord said, what would be impossible with man is possible with God. Let me repeat that again. Remember that the Lord said what would be impossible with man is possible with God. Once we break down our objections and obey in the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit, we'll be amazed at what God will do through us. What mental limitations have you put on sharing the good news of the gospel with the world? Ask for forgiveness. Refocus on the goal. 
and let the Lord know that you are available to share and to serve. Wow. You know what? I'm going to break this down even further for you so that way it can't be broken down anymore. I go back to an interview I did and yeah, I, I know I go I go back to this interview. But I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't think about the words that the late Quentin Quentin Grove said. See the vision, trust the process. See the vision, trust the process. If you think about what he meant here, everything that he's saying here, when in that in those six words, are the words of the Bible, of this particular, this particular scripture, Luke eighteen twenty seven. Things that are impossible with people are possible with God. So basically. You're seeing the vision. You're not trusting the process. Vision without boundaries is what we're talking about. When you see the process, you don't see anything. You have tunnel vision. That's what vision without boundaries is in regards to this. Keep your eyes on everything that you want to do. Own it. Envision it. Empower yourself. Man, that ain't heavy enough reason for you to do the things that you want to do in life? What What's the purpose? What's the purpose in, in getting things that you want? What's the purpose in trying to right wrongs? What's the purpose in trying to do things that that are just right with the world. Hey, nobody thinks about all that, but God does. We're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna jump into some high school football playoffs. Y'all stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name's Jermaine. The main event is in the building. Man, I, I got to watch a lot of, I got to watch and listen to a lot of high school football from, from the state of Georgia. And also watched a little bit of Texas high school football playoffs um, online last night. And I want to tell you like this, man. The high school playoffs in Texas, You got some blockbuster matchups in the first round already. I mean, Euless Trinity and Allen played, and this this is this is one of those great years for Texas high school football in the way that Texas is structured. I mean, you're going to have some some great playoff games and by district action um, all over Texas this year. And you're also going to have some great matchups in Georgia, and we'll we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about Georgia in depth more so than we will Texas, because I am a Georgia guy. But looking at next week's schedule in seven A, man, I, I'm I'm just I'm amazed by how much football is left to be played in all of these in all of these classifications, um, especially um, in the two top classifications in Georgia and. Boy, I mean, we got some juicy matchups coming up next week. Um, some upsets happened last week, last night. Some upsets happened um, in other in other regions, in other uh, classifications as well. But uh, let's just get right to it, man, and and give you some scores from last night. And um, if you're following along, if you if you um, if you follow the high school football in the state of Georgia. Classification, the reclassification has brought upon teams that were uh, were under 500 this year, and some of those teams actually made the playoffs as three seeds, as two and three seeds, and some some are four seeds. One team in particular was Archer this year. Archer normally they normally they they compete for region championships every year in in their 10 year existence. They've had a few region championships. They've gone to the state championship game a couple of times, um, come close to winning the state championship two years ago against Cockwood. Uh, Cockwood beat them for their first of, of back-to-back state championships. This is a good this is a good Archer team. 
went four and six this year, and they went four and six against. I mean, six losses were against teams that were in the top ten all year long. I actually saw them at the Corky Kells. They played McEachern, and we'll talk about McEachern later on. But Archer played Peachtree Ridge last night. I thought this was going to be an upset special. Uh, Peachtree Ridge Archer. They're not. They're not far apart from each other. This is a Gwinnett County game. All Gwinnett County showdown here. Peachtree Ridge pulled off. Pulled off just. Just probably one of the better. It's probably one of the better games of the of the year. Peachtree Ridge ended up winning this game. Uh, 28-23. In um, a very spirited, very well-played game as well. Roswell was down 7-0 um, in, in that playoff game. They came back and scored 45 unanswered. That team, that this Roswell team, they... <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to see what Roswell would do the rest of the season. Rest of this playoff run, they've got a good playoff run in them. They're in a tough, they're in a tough bracket. They're in a tough part of the bracket, though. That top left hand bracket. Um, go further down, North Cobb. This game was on actually on GPB last night, and uh, special shout out to the to the folks at GPB: John Nelson, uh, Jackie Britton, uh, those guys, Chuck Smith, uh, hashtag Dr. Rush, um, former Atlanta Falcon. Um, they were on hand last night at North Cobb. North Cobb beat Tiff County 35-7. to Lambert beat Central Gannett 44-14, um, to if I'm not mistaken. Uh, get back to that. Yeah, 44-14 uh, yeah, um, at, Lam- at Lambert. So, I mean, it, it's – this is a good one. And the South Gwinnett and North Gwinnett game – South Gwinnett beat North Gwinnett 17-13. Westlake was a winner. Westlake was one over Etowah. That was another game I had as as an upset special. I thought could be could be an upset, but the game of the night for everybody. I actually got online and watched the rest of this game. Uh, This game went until 1 a.m. last night, and I I I. I, I, I'm just gonna put it like this. Midway through that third quarter, it was fifty-nine to fifty, the fifty-four, fifty, fifty-nine to fifty-six round. That game ended up. I'm sorry, fifty-nine fifty-four rounds over um, rounds over Hillgrove. That game final score. I might want to sit down for this one. 92 to 61. 92 points. 153 points put on the board by two teams that pretty much run the ball. Go home. Run into a bus on in, in Lyons. Uh, Norcross, you know, come back to conventional scores. They went 24-10 with Milson. Uh, East Coweta had a 21-7 lead uh, late in this game. Um, lost 35-34 to Woodstock. I had that, I had that one as an upset as well. Mission over Mountain View, 
seven. Brookwood West Forest that game back and forth, back and forth all game long. Brookwood winning forty five forty two. Cockwood beat North North Paulding forty eight to seven, and that sets up second round matchup between Brookwood and Cockwood. Brookwood and Cockwood play early in the year, and Cockwood beat Brookwood by the same score that they beat uh, Paulding by forty eight to seven. So Brookwood is making a second return trip, a second trip to to Cockwood, and this could be this could be a good matchup. Cockwood is on a roll right now. They've won seven straight after starting the season 0-4. Boston is Tucker, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, Mill Creek, Mill Creek opening the season, opening the season. American Hedges out of Florida. Then you go, then you go to Roswell, you get beat, and then you have Tucker came came home, and you, they came from behind to beat you at at home. And then you just Real off win after win after win, starting with Valdosta and then Brookwood, and then and getting to your region schedule and you go three and zero in the region. That that's that's rush prototype football right there, and uh, straight wins. I mean, this sets up a big time matchup in the quarterfinals if if Cockwood can get past Brookwood and Grayson can get past Woodstock. Brookwood, Cockwood, Grayson, coin flip. Hopefully they go to great. Hopefully Cockwood comes to Grayson. I would love to see them play at Grayson Community Stadium. I would love to be there. So, um, and that's actually Thanksgiving weekend if that happens. So, move on there. Um, Cherokee Cherokee was a win over Wheeler uh, in a very tightly competitive game as well. Wheeler actually had the lead in this game for a while before Cherokee come back and um, they won forty five twenty one. Mill Creek, 41 to nothing. Newton, Parkview went over South Forsyth, SoFo. The SoFo Locos, um, region champions last year. Um, finished second in the region this past this past season uh, to Lambert. Same region as Lambert. Um, Parkview uh, beat South Forsyth 30-27. Um, Lasseter beat McEachin beat Lasseter thirty-five to ten <clears throat> as well, and um, that that sets up a Parkview McEachin matchup at um, at Cantrell Stadium. And I'll tell you from past experience and being and being in the in games of Parkview and playing against playing at at McEachin a couple times, you know, in well actually going to a couple camps in, at McEachin. A, um, a few few summers in my youth. This is a tough place to play at, and and I, I'll just put it this way: if this if if these two coaches are as good as the coaches that were in the past, that well, let me say this: the this team, these two teams played each other in 1999. In state champ, uh, 1998 state championship game, and this this game was this is close. This year should be should not be any different. This is how good both of these teams are. Um, Parkview McKeeson, this this has upset written all over it by Parkview. I think Parkview can probably pull off an upset, but just looking at the 16 teams that are left in 7A, you you've got meaty matchups in the quarterfinals. When you get there, and 
got other matchups that could that could possibly happen here. So there's a lot of football to be played in seven A in the state of Georgia. Um bump over to six A and and um six A is, is probably another one of the most competitive competitive classes in, in Georgia as well. And um talk about talk about that. Harrison beats Gainesville forty five to twenty four. This was a back and forth game as well. Um, Harrison did their thing, um, coming in late, um, coming back and scoring, scoring unanswered points. I think it was like twenty five on that, twenty four unanswered points to close this game out. They home that they see seven and Harrison's uh, on there and now ten and one. So um, they'll play Tucker this week. Uh, Going to be a good matchup. Uh, Harrison next week. Tucker wins the Bradwell Institute 45, 48 to 15. Uh, Lee County was a winner over Evans 41 to nothing. Lee County will travel to, it, to South Atlanta. They're Mays beat Cambridge 42 to 14. Alatuna was a winner over Lanier 28 to 6. Lanier Longhorns out in the first two rounds for the fourth year running. So, um, just can't get over that hump. And this sets up a meaty second round clash with Glenn Academy. Glenn Academy was a winner forty five to three over Jonesboro. Um Jonesboro last year's region champions in, in the same region. Um in the same region. Um Alatuna Glenn Academy. This is a rematch of last year's state championship game. Happens in the second round this year. This is going to be a meaty matchup. Rocky Hill Doggo, Rocky Hill Doggo's uh, guys um, playing at home to Alatuna. Alatuna's got to travel all the way over to all the way over to Brunswick play uh, Glen Academy. So it's going to be a, going to be a pretty good matchup. Northside Warner Robins beat Grovetown uh, last night and uh, fifty-two to nothing. Johns Creek, the region champions of Region Seven and Six A. Um, they got upset last night by by Hughes. This is a really good Hughes team that has come down from 6A to play in 6A um, with the addition of the seventh classification last year. They were they were a two seed last year and they actually made it to the second round in the 6A playoffs last year. This year they're playing in the second in the second highest classification and they're moving on to the second round again, upsetting John Street 34 to 10. Um, They'll travel to Northside. They'll travel to uh, Warner Robins, McConnell Talbert, and, and play one, uh, Northside Warner Robins uh, there. Stevenson was a winner over Effingham County in that game. And in that game, um, it was 24 to 7. In that game, um, we saw the the return of Ron Cantrell to the sidelines, uh, who had been who had been missing a little bit during the season because of back surgery and. Uh, you know, he's not having to look look at the games from his truck anymore, sitting in his truck. Now he can stand on the sidelines and uh it's a good good uh good game by Stevenson. They beat FM County. They travel to Decula next week. Uh Decula the Decula Falcons beating Sequoia twenty eight to nothing. And I thought that this game could have been a, a shut out upset special of sorts because the way Sequoia had been playing earlier in the season and uh, coming into the playoffs, so 
I, I thought that Sequoia would get would give the Chula a run. The Chula coming down from from six A, playing in six A, again. Um, region champs this year. They're in a the perfect region for them. Six A. Um, they move on to the second round to play Stevenson. Northgate was a winner of a Centennial uh, last night, um, giving giving my old my old ball coach, an old friend of mine. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my old coach, my old friend of mine, Tommy Walburn, um, one more game to coach. Um, in a sense, uh, they beat Centennial 20, 20 to 16. They go to Valdosta next week, and they play Valdosta, who beat Lakeside Evans 69 to 14. Uh, Richmond Hill, Lovejoy, Lovejoy uh, beats Richmond Hill 48 28. Sets up a game against undefeated Dalton, who beat Winder Barrow, who beat the Winder Barrow Bulldogs uh, 42 to 7. And we're going to take a quick station break, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. We're going to get caught up on, on the rest of the scores in 6A. Um, Alpharetta and Alexander played. This is another game that a lot of people thought was going to be a very entertaining game as well. Three versus two, Region 7 and Region 5. Alexander, really good team from Douglasville. Alpharetta, of course, from, from North Fulton County. Uh, plays in a really tough Region 7. 6A. Um, Alfred, uh, Alexander getting a win. Late, a late touchdown. Late, late touchdown. About two minutes left in the game. Beats Alfred a thir- 20 to 13. Um, sets up a, sets up a, a matchup um, of North of North Atlanta versus South. Uh, I'm sorry, South Georgia, North Georgia. It's Coffee beat Heritage Conyers, and this was a bit. This is a bit of an upset as well. Uh, Heritage Conyers has actually won the region in Region 3. Um, this is an upset of sorts because a lot of people thought that Heritage had the team to to make it deep, make a deep run in the playoffs, possibly a quarterfinal, semifinal type type deal. Coffee coming from a tough Region 1, you know, with the likes of Aldosta, with the likes of Northside, Northside Warner Robins and, and, um, and Lee County. Um, along with Houston County, um, who they beat earlier in the season, to get in the playoffs. So Coffee, Coffee will travel to Alexander, and uh, and that this game is actually going to be a really really good game. And uh, this this game has a lot has a lot riding on it for both teams and um, for both teams to place themselves back in the, in the, into state prominence, especially Alexander, who's probably more known as a basketball, baseball type school than they are for football. And Coffee being you, being one of the former uh, superpowers of South Georgia football, um, perennial playoff perennial playoff appearances from that from this school. So you know the net the last sixteen here in Georgia in in six A. Sets up to be really, really good, and you got some really good matchups in in the interim. And the one matchup that everybody is going to going to point at is the Glen Academy Alatuna game. In Alatuna, they struggled this year. You know, even though they're eight and three, they did struggle this year, and they they got beat. Uh, they got beat by some two really good teams from five four a. And uh, we'll get we'll get to them in just a few moments as well um, in five four a. But um, but before I go any further, you know, uh, I want to give a special shout out to Tanner Glisson and the True Pie Tigers and uh, tough tough loss uh, Thursday night um, over West Hall. West Hall beat them uh, twenty four to twenty one in a very well played game and. Uh, those seniors up there at Troop, at Troop County High School, I mean, they they should not, they should really um, hold their heads up high. You know, coming back from a one and nine campaign last year to finish eight and three, and a runner up in the region to defending state champion, um, um, defending state champion Cartersville. And the way that they come back and, and just – they reeled off eight straight wins. Uh, and then, you know, again, they lost the last two. But 
this is a team of the future. This is a team that that will do great things. And um, also a special shout out to uh, to Callaway High School who won that who won their first round game against uh, Model last night in a very well fought game as well. Um, we'll get out of those out of those in a little bit, but you know the next thing I want to talk about you know is. You know, we we've got UFC 205 tonight, 206 tonight, and I, I'll put it this way: this could be the best UFC of all time, like the best UFC of all time. Um, when you when you look at this card from top to bottom, UFC 206. Sorry, yeah, this is 205. This is 205. I'm sorry. You look at UFC 205 and you look at the three championship matchups on the, on this card. I, I'm just going to put it this way. If you love to watch high-level <coughs> high-level high-quality fight, the fight card, this is probably the best fight card that we will ever see in the UFC. And champion versus champion, Conor McGregor, he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight the starterweight class. And um, I'm really excited for for this fight. Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. The reason why I'm, I'm excited to to see this fight is because. Conor McGregor has won has won championships. Has been a world champion in multiple weight classes before. And what what makes this fight so different for Conor McGregor against Eddie Alvarez is that Eddie Alvarez is going to bring something totally different from from what everybody else has brought to Conor McGregor. He's going to be He's not going to be this flashy, in-your-face, talking rah rah kind of guy like like Nate Diaz was. What Eddie Alvarez is going to do, he's just going to be quiet and just beat you to death. I mean, that's just the way he, just the way he rolls. I mean, he's going to he's going to put his wrestling into he's going to put his wrestling to to good use, and he's also going to put himself into into situations where he can finish his fight. Whether he's standing or whether he's whether he's on the ground, Conor McGregor on the other hand, he's very very sound on the ground, but he wants to stand up. He wants to, he wants to mess guys up. So this could be a stand up war, and if Eddie Alvarez can get the clinch game going, get get his takedowns going, this could be one of those matchups where styles will clash a little bit. The karate style of Conor McGregor with the heavy hands that, that Conor McGregor has. I can see Conor McGregor winning this fight. I can see Eddie Alvarez winning this fight. What's going to come down to is who can get, who can manipulate their game the best out of everybody between the two. Eddie Alvarez is the more real rounded fighter. I think his dressing skills could take could take over. If he gets the takedowns, he gets the ground and pound going. I think if he stands up with with, with Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor has a puncher's chance of knocking him out. Um, 
what what but what Connor wants to do is he's gonna wanna keep distance. He's gonna wanna keep those long to keep you at distance so that way he can drop the hammers on you. That that hammer of the left hand, that hammer of the right hand. Will this mean if Conor McGregor wins this fight? He's not, he said in the past that he would love to fight four times a year. He likes to be busy. He likes to fight. He likes to fight. He likes, you know, likes doing doing things different. If that means that he can fight in two way classes, defend both belts at the same time, if he can do that, then he'll do it. I think for me, if Conor McGregor wins this fight, I don't think Conor McGregor holds on to the featherweight championship. I don't think he'll go back down to forty five again. I think he'll stay at 55. I think the guys who want to fight him want to fight him, like the like the Aldos, like the like the Aldos, like the um the Donald Trumpies of the world who want to really fight him. Hmm. This this is this is that time. This is that prime time to to want to jump on that jump on. I want to keep Conor McGregor's butt uh, train right now. Uh, if that's the case, so I'm just really, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen tonight in this main event. Now we we, we pop down and we talk. We, we we pop down. We talk about Tyron Woodley and, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. This is a fight that I that I really am of all the fights on this card and. I will say this: of all the fights on this card, I am so excited for for this card because I'm so excited for this fight on this card because when you look at Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and what he can do, what he what he's improved on in the past few in the past few years, he's improved his jiu-jitsu, he's improved his wrestling. I mean, he's got that karate blitz style that he integrates into his game. It's not his base. This is a guy who can just—he's a great kickboxer who can, who's very got good hands, got great takedown defense, and can take you down if you if if you give him that opportunity to take you down. This is a this is a matchup where Tyron Woodley is very powerful. He's got some very powerful kicks. He's got some very powerful stand up. He likes to take down. He likes to get a take down. He likes to ground you. He likes to pound you. He's improving on his on his jiu-jitsu as well. This is a this is a matchup where again, just like just like the Eddie Alvarez Conor McGregor matchup, this is a matchup where if Stephen Thompson can, can keep the distance, Stephen Thompson will pick you apart with kicks. You know, stepping in the kicks, throwing punches. Keeping you on the end of your punches, just like Conor McGregor does. Conor McGregor's at that long reach. This is this is a similar type of fight, but at the same time, Stephen Thompson also excels on the inside as well. He loves to throw the short uppercut. He loves to throw loves to throw knees to the body. And you come in and you're trying to take you trying to take him down, and you're not in the three point. He loves to he loves to just shoot the knee either to the either to the shoulder or to the, or to the head if you're, if you're not down. If you're not down three points, so this is this is a really really good matchup. Again, this is a style class type of matchup. If you 
think about it. If you really think about it, this is a really pretty much a style class type of matchup. Look at, look at, I look at this matchup, and I'm thinking Stephen Thompson has earned this matchup. When you destroy a guy like you destroy everybody that you fought in the last few in the last few weeks in the last few in the last year, the guys that you fought. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. The guys that you fought. I mean, Patrick Cote, Ellenberger, Johnny Hendricks. You beat Roy McDonald. I mean, you pretty much destroy Roy McDonald and run Roy McDonald out of the UST and into into Bellator, where he, I think he just won his he won his, his debut, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, oh no, he, he'll be fighting. He'll, he's fighting coming up. I'm sorry, but. The point of the matter is that you know you got a guy that that you just pretty much just beat to death, and you ran him out to another organization. This is a really good, this is a really good matchup. Tyron Woodley, you know, the fact that he fought in the last in the last few years, you know, coming back from from knee injury, you know, beating Carlos Condit, and then you then you take it out. A guy that was that was just feared at 170, in um, Robbie Lawler, who basically just—I mean, you basically just—you destroyed him. In, in, I mean, I, I mean, I would even venture to say you beat him in less than two minutes for real. I mean. But the fact that you won, the fact that you lost in your seat, you lost to, you lost to, to name Mark Ward. You beat Jay Huron. You lost to Jake Shields. You lost to Robert McDonald. But you've got wins over Josh Koscheck. you got wins over Carlos Condit. you got wins over Dong Yong Kim, Sunder, Kevin Gaston, who, who's a heavy-handed puncher. And then you have, then you won the championship over Robert Lawler in, in July. This is a really good. This is a really good matchup for you, in regards to your fights. To in regards to what you want to do and the legacy you want to you want to build. Tyron Willie, Stephen Thompson. That's going to be the highlight of this of this UFC card. Point blank period. Now, the third title fight was a women's strawweight title fight. Joanna Jedrzejewicz. And Carolina Kabalowicz is, for me, this could be the women's fight of the year. They fought each other before in, in, in amateurs in Poland. They're both Polish, both Polish fighters. This is, this is, for me, again, these are two women who love to stand up. They love to stand up. And they love to bang. They love to bang. And 
when, when I look at this, when I look at this matchup and I see I see Kovalovich, you know, fighting and I see and I see Jojo fighting and I'm like, this could be one of the greatest cards ever. You know, three championships on the card. This is just this is just amazing. Four champions on a card. Three championships on the line. And then you have Chris Weidman who's coming back into fighting into the UFC and fighting again. I mean, again against Joel Romero, which sets up a possible you know, fight at one eighty five with the champion at one eighty five, whoever he may be after after two oh six. Um this is just a great this is just a great card, top to bottom. We should take this on this card and see fights with Raquel Pennington. Wrestler wrestler against wrestler. We should take getting stronger and stronger with a jiu jitsu. She just ran into a buzz off. <laughs> she just ran into a buzz off and got beat. That's all. Uh, look at look at the other fights in this card. Frankie Edward, Jeremy Stevens, the little heathen. <laughs> Khabib and, and Michael Johnson. Another good fight. Rafael Matal, Tim Bowles. Another good fight. Luke Cage Muhammad. Great fight. Then on fight pass, you've got Jim Miller and Seattle Alvarez. And I don't know how in the world Thiago Alves still has a job in the UFC. Um, he's misplaced for the fifth or sixth time in seven fights. Um, I really think he needs to move, needs to move up or he needs to, he needs to, needs to retire altogether. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. You come down to 55 and you miss weight by two pounds. It's worth about two pounds. <coughs> Whereas when you were at 170, you missed weight by eight pounds, nine pounds. How in the world can you say that you're a fighter and you can't even make weight? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense at all. You haven't made weight since your since your championship fight at UFC 100. Against uh, George St. Pierre, they, they, that's that's just being for real. So I mean, I'm really wondering what's going to happen with Tiago Alves now. He did surrender 20 percent of his purse. I mean, you surrender enough of your purse. I mean, dude, how, how are you getting paid <laughs> for real? How are you getting paid? Um, but again, this is another solid card, great card. I'm I'm so excited to. To see this card, I'm very excited to talk about this card next week and talk about this card over, you know, over the next couple of weeks, over the next week or so. You know, this sets up the this sets up three year in cards in UFC, and um, this is the first of three. You know, there's that two in December and um, and a couple of live events in December as well. So I mean, this is just this is going to be a great great time to be a to be a fight fan, combat sports fan next week. I mean, next week you got Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev in Vegas. I mean, this this is a great time to be a to be a fight fan, a combat sports fan. Period. I mean, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. But we're gonna take a quick second break. 
college football, and <laughs> some big games out, out there today, guys. Y'all stay tuned. I used to let the mic smoke, now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on, cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd, and watch the people wonder, damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict, addicted to music, maybe it's a habit, I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm, I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in, deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild, if you wanna be tame, I treat you like a child and you're gonna be named another enemy not even a friend of me cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing cause i just put your mind on pause and i complete when you compare my rhyme with yours i wake you up and as i stare in your face you seem stunned remember me the one you got your idea from but soon you start to suffer the tune will get rougher when you start to stutter that's when you had enough of fighting it'll make you choke you can't provoke you can't cope you should have broke because i ain't no joke joke You're expressing the rhyme that I'm styling. This is what we all sit down to write. You can't make it, so you take it home, break it, and bite. Use pieces and bits of all my hip hop hits. Get the style down, packed in. It's time to switch. Put my tape on pause and add some more to yours. Then you figure you're ready for the neighborhood chores. The E-M-C-E-E, don't even try to be. When you come up to speak, don't even lie to me. You like to exaggerate, dream and imagine Then change the rhyme around that could aggravate me. So when you see me come up free, or you'll be one of those seven MCs. They think that I'm a new jack, but only if they knew that. They who think wrong or they who can't do that style that I'm doing. They might ruin patterns of paragraphs based on you and your offbeat DJ. If anything he play sound familiar, I'll wait to eat things play him. So I'ma have to diss who broke. You can get a smack for this. I ain't no joke.
88. Time to set it straight, you know what I'm saying? And there ain't no half stepping. Word, I'm ready. Rapper stepping to me. They want to get some, but I'm the cane, so yo, you know the outcome, another victory, they can't get with me, so pick a BC day, cause you're a history, I'm the authentic poet to get lyrical, for you to beat me, it's gonna take a miracle, and step into me, yo, that's the wrong move, so what you want, Hobbs, dope a dog, dope a dog, competition, I just devour, like a pitfall against a chihuahua, when it comes to being dope, hot damn, I got it good, now let me tell you who I am, the B I G G A double D Y K A N E. Dramatic, Asiatic, not like many, I'm different. So don't compare me to another, cause they can't hang. Word to the mother, at least not fit the principle in this pedigree. So when I roll on your rappers, you better be ready. To die because you're petty. You're just a butter knife, I'm a machete. The slave I can to wait until when you try to front so I can chop into your body. Just because you try to be facing. Friday the 13th, I'ma play Jason. No type of joke, that game, puzzle, or riddle. The name is Big Daddy, yes, big, not little, so define it. Here's your walking papers, sign it, and take a walk. As the cane starts to talk, cuz.
Honey, check it out, you got me mesmerized With your black hair and your fat style Street poetry is my everyday But yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight If I was working at the club, you would not pay Ayo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian mm. Name is Fife Dawes from the Zulu Nation Told you in the jam that we could get down Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town You got DVD all on your bedroom wall But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore A gritty little something on the New York street This is how I represent over this here beat Talking about you Yo, I took you out the sections on my mind pulled the whole damn route My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state But I couldn't drop rhymes cause you couldn't relate You couldn't relate Cause we all got dreams, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Right, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got 
Yeah, the way I see it, it's only me and my team. Motivated by pictures of places I've never been. It's gonna leave the city and search for some better things. My fame and a couple dollars, that's all that's left in my jeans. Ain't accepted by nothing, we gunning by any means. Wide awake on the surface inside, I'm living this dream. Of going city to city with stories of what I've seen. Lost in the translation, the mind of a human being. I'm riding on life's pavement and trying to find what it means. Fighting for something stronger than bottles of Jimmy Bean. Study the moves of legends from Bob Marley to Queens, but drawing my inspiration from race against the machine. Sawn as a motivation and fueling my self-esteem. Could have been stationary instead on stations I scheme. Brought myself on a road to becoming something I've seen. It's just the sound of a gentleman getting after his dreams. Run it. <laughs> Run it booth right now. Yeah. Run it. Run it. Tell C you're gonna have to turn that loud down. <laughs> uh. Gentleman uh. again after his dream. Run it. Dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Boy, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got I keep it rolling cause we all got Let's take it back to 09 Walking for Arizona's cause none of us have rides Simple minus some stoners, we got nothing but time Now don't it sound bad? I'm talking back when Cuddy was the soundtrack Pursue the happiness, playing, just let it breathe I'm kicking back with my people, I swear that's all that I need Endless vibe on a planet of simply being at ease Started searching for freedom and ended up in the trees I say it, it's nothing hardly that's replicating in a field Party until the AM with rhythm turning the wheels The trials of adolescence, they hella sacred for real From the way that I'm feeling, it's like I'm living, I'm still We born to carry the mission, carrying our tradition Introducing what's missing, the young minds that are lifted I throw myself on the road of living by higher means This just the sound of me getting after my dreams Run it Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Yo, 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 yo I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams Check it out Hey, uh Told my mama I'ma be a potter before a leader Let me explain I'ma use these two hands to create my dreams And be in the field with the people A modern Caesar Delegate through my actions Let my life do the preaching You gotta mold the clay before you be Cash is the root of the evil around me I mean what I'm speaking, call it truth and you call it deep Reach your mind with the power, Moses used to open the sea, nigga See, nigga, understand, there's a God who's sitting above you Making a note of every time you struggle But never forget, an ending is nothing without the plot leading up to it He brought you to it, he gon' lead you through it, know that it's real And my faith is a trophy, I have to prove it See, I was born a king who just grew accustomed to losing But I learned the only way to stand out is to be outstanding So, demand your greatness despite of what the demand is Dream, dream
back to the press box and say, okay, crew, my name's Jermaine. The main event is in the building. Let's get into some college football now, man. And, and um, you know, some big rivalry games tonight, today. Illinois, Wisconsin, a little border war there. Uh, LSU, Arkansas, the boot. Georgia, uh, Auburn, as, as we all know. Uh, excuse me. Um, got a little bit of a got some other things going on as well. Colorado, Arizona, big game there as well. But we're gonna start off with the twelve o'clock games like normal. Alabama, Mississippi State. You know, Alabama, Mississippi State is always one of those entertaining games that. That basically, it, sometimes it can be entertaining, sometimes it can be just complete boredom. But this this year, this year, I just don't I don't see it. I mean, I really don't see it. I mean, Mississippi State's got to make that eighty-two mile that eighty-two mile. Uh, bus ride from from Starkville to to uh, Tuscaloosa, and you know a little bit of a little bit of a fun fact here. I know it's useless information, but you know I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Do you know that the distance between Alabama, the University of Alabama, and, and Mississippi State University is the shortest distance between schools in the SEC, only 82 miles apart. Yes, even though Starkville and even though Ole Miss and, and uh, Mississippi State are are in the northern part of, of Mississippi, there's still some distance between the two teams. There's over there's over ninety like a ninety five ninety six mile difference between the two schools. So when you look at it from that standpoint, the nearest rival to Mississippi State is aforementioned Alabama. So. This is why this game is so interesting because you got a lot of Mississippi State fans in that area. You got a lot of got a lot of Alabama fans in this area. So it, it's a fun matchup to, to talk about because you got a lot of you got a lot of people who, who feel who feel both ways about about each other about each other about the schools about each other's schools. This game here, I don't think it's going to be close. To be honest with you. Mississippi State, they got some pretty good. They got some pretty good things going on right now. They found themselves a quarterback. Uh, you know, they finally got they finally got the, the receivers going. Uh, Webb, um, if I, I think that's his name. Um, and they and they've got some other things going as well. They've got, they, they're finally back on track defensively. They're, they're getting they're getting each other they're getting back on track defensively um, from a standpoint. And it's making their it's making the team making the fan base feel that much better about about what's going on. So it, it, it's a fun thing. Um, it's a fun thing to see Mississippi State. Developed this season because we knew that they were going to be going through a lull when they lost Dak Prescott and lost a lot of those good defensive players. 
good defensive players that they had on that squad from last year. This year is no different. They're going to lose a couple of players from this year's team as well. But at the same time, they're going to gain some some guys, notably from the Miami State of Mississippi, because that all branch that all branch has has spawned off some players to come there. They're getting a couple of players from uh, East Mississippi uh, Community College to come. Um, they're, they're recruiting the state of Alabama pretty well. They're recruiting the state of Georgia pretty well. Um, so they've got they've got some in-state talent coming. They've got some they've got some pretty good talents coming, you know, from other parts of from other parts of the South. And with Mississippi State, this could be a litmus test for them going into next year. I mean, there's still there's still there's still some hope for them to to get above eligibility, but they've got to win. They've got to win two of the next three games. Does it start this week with Alabama? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But um, I think that they will give Alabama some fish before. I think that will give Alabama a little bit of a different look. But at the same time, they're still going to lose. They're going to lose. They're going to lose big. But by how many points and by how poised will Jalen Hurts stay? This is a guy who's just—he's a born leader. Again, I say this because I've seen him play a couple of times before uh, at Tennessee High School last year. Played under his father. His brother was his brother was a great quarterback at Tennessee as well. His brother is at Texas Southern. That um, one to play with uh, Texas Southern. This is a guy who can. I, I'm telling you, he can. T- he he made freshman mistakes. But he's not, I mean, if you look at Jalen Hurts, he's got all the makeup of of a guy like like Blake Sims. He's got the poison of Blake Sims. But he's got the arm like A.J. McCann or he's got the arm of A.J. McCann or, or John Parker Wilson. He's got all the game management skills and the smarts of a Greg McElroy, and you brought him up in, in, into one. This is a guy who's going to be something special once he gets a full grasp of the offense. Once he gets a full grasp of of the chase. Once he gets a full grasp of of what Lane Kiffin wants to do, if Lane Kiffin is still there. I think Lane Kiffin is in, the, is in the perfect situation right now. Does he need to be head coach right now? Possibly not. But at the same time, we can't deter him from not wanting to get on the coaching for ourselves just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. But is there a program right now that he could go to that would actually benefit from him being a quote-unquote quarterback whisperer or being a quote-unquote Man of style and substance, quote unquote. If you look at it from that standpoint, this is these are all questions that need to be asked, asked of Alabama and of Lane Kiffin and of Jalen Hurts. Will you have the running backs next season, like a postcard bro, like a you know, like a postcard bro, or or any of the other? Most of the backs today that they have right now at 
Does Alabama get a shutout today? I, I I think that they can get a shutout, but they've got to make sure that they don't get beat deep. They do have a <coughs> Alabama does have a tendency to to get themselves low to sleep early in games and then come back and just destroy people. Case in point, a couple of weeks ago. Case uh, in point, a few, a few, a few games ago against against the uh, OBS, where they went down three stores and just poisoned, poisoned. They came back and they won by eleven. This is a good Alabama team. This is a good defensive team. This is a great defensive team. Is it as good as that twenty, as that twenty ten national championship team? Is it as good as that twenty? The team national championship team or the 2012 national championship team? Tick, 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 tick. I think it rates up there, but for me, the standard bearer of defense for Alabama is that 93 national championship team. I'm, I'm, is that 92 national championship team? Just, I, I can't see any other way around that. I mean, there's no other way around it. So, I mean, they're looking, even though they've got all these defensive touchdowns, as a collective group, is this group as good as that group? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's why I say, do I think they'll get a shutout against Mississippi State? It is It is highly possible. It is very possible to stop Mississippi State. Do I think they'll give up, do I think they'll give up a field goal here and there? Highly possible. But the thing of it is, is that what can you do? To get points on the board against Alabama. We saw what LSU tried to do. They tried to go string for string, and that didn't work. They tried to throw a couple deep balls. That didn't work either. So, what's the best thing to do? Be balanced. Have a little bit of fun out there. Do something different. Do something that that you don't normally see. I mean, you might have to run a couple of reverses. You might have to run a couple of, of inside track plays and things of that nature. Because this is a good this is a good defense that's sideline to sideline. But if you get them to spread out a little bit, they can they can put you you can put them in a little bit of trouble. You can run tempo on them, they'll put you in the, you get a little bit of trouble with that too. But since, since Alabama is going tempo, they're starting to see tempo. So it's hard yet not so hard to see Alabama shutting out Mississippi State. But I do see them winning big. I, I see them winning by no more than three touchdowns. I mean, maybe more than three touchdowns. I mean, it just, that just really depends on 
Paul West will win. We saw what Oklahoma can do against and against Texas Tech in regards to passing the ball, in regards to running the ball, getting Joe Mixon involved, getting Baker Mayfield, uh, getting the ball out of his hands, getting him to, to throw the ball a little bit more here and there, then can dunk, throwing a deep ball, getting the ball to Joe Mixon in the running game, getting the ball to somebody peer out in the running game. I mean, you got so many weapons out there. Then you got you got some receivers that are really good receivers. You know, we all thought that losing Shepard would be would be would be a, a bad situation for Oklahoma. We all thought that we all thought that you know the fact that somebody here out in the bag up a lot this year would hamper what Oklahoma does. It didn't. So what we have here is. You got a good Baylor team who's off two their last three. You got a good Oklahoma team that went one and two to start the season and won six straight since the Oklahoma game and since the Ohio State game. This is a really good matchup. Oklahoma can win this, win this game. They still control their destiny to get into a New Year's Six, to get into a, a New Year's Six ball. Do I think they have enough to get into the playoffs? You're going to need a hope and a prayer right now. Because you got a really good, you got a really good Michigan team, you got a really good Ohio State team, you got a really good Washington team, you got a really good Clemson, you got really good teams that are undefeated still. Alabama, Clemson, Washington, and, um, and Michigan. So you look at those four teams and you put Oklahoma's schedule up against their schedule, and you're thinking, hmm, can a two-loss team get in the playoffs? A two-loss team can get in the playoffs this year. They're going to need plenty of help. They're going to need uh, They're going to need a school. They're going to need They're going to need some help <coughs> from the SEC school. From, from an SEC school and from an ACC school, and a Pac-12 school. What really needs to happen is Washington needs to lose at least one of their last of their last four games. They got four games in this month. Let's wipe that aside. We look at Clemson. Clemson has to lose at least two games. Let's wipe that aside. Michigan has to lose. Michigan has to lose at least one game. They have to lose to, to Ohio State. They, I mean, it is, it is very possible to have all this happen. But you've still got other one-loss teams that are really, really good. That are really, really good. Like a, like a West Virginia. Like a like the West Virginia, you know another two lost team in Wisconsin who's really good, um, Ohio State, which is eight and one. I mean they're in, they're in, they're in the fan right now. I mean we're looking at situations where I mean going further down the line, Louisville, you know another good one lost team. I mean, we go so on and so forth. I mean, there's so many different one-loss teams that 
it's going to be hard to get a two-loss team in. And that's what I'm saying. The top four, they have to lose at least one, maybe two games in order for a two-loss team to get in. What you may see this year is a possibility of one undefeated team and one two-loss team if a team like Washington Falcons, which is looking highly unlikely right now, a really good Washington team that's looking highly, that's looking this, they're ready for they're ready for war. And you look at you look at the remaining schedules for everybody else. We know that the Big Ten East is going to cannibalize themselves. We know this with Ohio State and Michigan. They've already cannibalized themselves in a way with the debacle that Michigan State had. But with the way that Penn State is playing, the way that I mean, Penn State is playing, they're 7-2. They're playing very well. The way Indiana's played, they're playing really well. Illinois, even though they're at 3-6, and six, they're playing pretty dang well for 3-6. and six. And this is with a new head coach. So we're looking at a Big Ten that is strong, that could possibly get two teams in, even with one loss each. It's possible to get two SEC schools in. And hear me out, and I'll tell you why you can possibly get two, two Big Ten schools in. Clemson falters against South Carolina, which I don't think will happen. They falter against South Carolina. They falter against, uh, you know, against, against Pittsburgh today. I mean, this is highly likely. That they can, it's not likely, but you, you get my point. We, I'm, I'm looking at other matchups here. Clemson. Clemson Wake Forest next week. You know, and we look at you know that's those that's the next two games there. You know, Clinton Wake Forest Wake Forest this week next week. And then let's go back excuse me, let's go back and look at I mean and this is what I'm saying, like you know, Clemson this week you know, Clemson has fixed work this week, Blake Forest next week. Then they have one more conference game, and then they play South Carolina. I mean, this, for me, you've got a little bit of a murderous role if you look at Clemson's schedule. Even though Pittsburgh is poised to upset them, even though you've got a really good a really good Wake Forest team who's starting to cycle in players like they did in the Jim Grover era, where they were pulling in kids from everywhere. Unknown kids. They were pulling in kids left and right from states, from schools that traditionally would get those, get those players. And because Wake Forest has put so much into their pro, into their football 
about to go up at Wake Forest. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going on at Wake Forest that is happening is happening for a good thing for Wake Forest. They've got some great they've got some good things going both on the football field and on the basketball and on the basketball court. The baseball team's doing pretty well. The soccer team's doing pretty well. They're, I mean, even their women's sports is doing really well. So we're looking at a good Wake Forest team that's going to play two really good teams back-to-back in Louisville and in Clemson. And if those two teams are your litmus test, I mean, in that division, you know, you could get – I mean, you could get something there. But – it's going to be hard to get an ACC school out of that top four to get a two-loss team in there. And by that, I mean, Wake Forest is not going to be able to pull off two upsets in a row. Do I think they'll be little tonight? I think they keep that game close. But I think Lamar Jackson is just going to be too much. I think that, that, that the running backs there that they have, I think that the receivers that the receiving core that, that Louisville has is very underrated. Because you don't see them as much because you've got Lamar Jackson, who whom I think now that we can talk about now that we're we're into that final third of the season or the final quarter of the season, however you want to look at it. It's Lamar Jackson's highest trophy to lose. I mean, uh, let's, let's, let's put this in perspective. You haven't seen this many touchdowns scored or, or responsible for this many touchdowns by a quarterback since Cam Newton. I mean, let, let's think about this, too. You haven't seen this many, this many touchdowns for a quarterback that's the highest trophy race to Cam Newton. This guy is, of course, to have 70 touchdowns responsible for. 70. He's got, like, what, 53, 54 right now, if I'm not mistaken. So this is a guy who we're looking at, we're looking at Clemson, we're looking at, other teams that could possibly sneak their way in the back door, so to speak, if one of those top four falter. So it is really hard to get the navigation going because, <coughs> excuse me, we're looking at three other conferences, you know, possibly a fourth if the Pac-12 doesn't get the respect that they, that they deserve. Utah's been on fire. You know, Utah's, Utah's been on fire. But here's the thing that 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 hurts me the most. A fourteen playoff is not enough. It's the only thing that really bothers me about this. You have six 12 games. You have New Year's six. 
Yes, you do. Here's, here's, here's my thought on that. Why don't you expand the eight teams? Keep the same. Keep the same procedure. Bump it up from four to eight. Use the traditional BCS bowl, the four, the four traditional BCS bowls, as your quarterfinals. The orange, the sugar, the rose, and the fiesta. Make those four your quarterfinal games. Your eight player one, your two player six, seven. Your three player, player six, your five player four. Okay? And then those two play out, play out. And then you have the semifinal game. One in, one in the Peach Bowl. The other in, yeah, one in the Peach Bowl. The other in the Cotton. That's your semifinal, right there. That's just the fact that it's in my final right there. And then your final game, you play in the NFL stadium like you, like you normally do. You know, Minneapolis, um, you can play at Levi Stadium, you can play in, in, in Seattle at, at um, Seahawks Stadium, you can play at Soldier Field. I mean, not that I would play in Soldier Field at this time of year, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, there's a lot of things that you could do with the, with the playoff situation. But you got a little off track there. But a two-block team can't get in the playoffs. It's just going to be a lot of help. going to be a lot of mathematics. It's going to be a lot of a lot of late nights between then and Tuesday. Or that and Sunday Sunday, Sunday when the, when the uh, presents come out. I mean, you know, it's gonna be last minute. And that's just that's just being that's just being for real. Now we look at Auburn, Georgia. Auburn, Georgia. I mean, you're you're number eight in you're number eight in the AP poll. You're still number nine in, in the in the class from off that pole. Your only loss is this two. Two. This is a three and to and to and to uh ten. Those are only three those are only three losses. You found yourself on fire with a quarterback and Sean White. I'm running back to Cameron Petway, who's the only 1,000-yard rusher in the SEC right now. Kerry Allen Johnson has been hurt, but you're starting to see flashes of him coming back into his own. Auburn has the chance to not only control their destiny in the SEC West, but they also have a chance to play themselves into the national checking into the into the playoffs as a two loss team. Do I think a two loss SEC champion will get in before a one loss Pac twelve or one loss Big Ten at large? 
I mean, is it possible that Auburn and Alabama could, could, could Alabama, even though they lost to Auburn, is it possible for Alabama to get to, to sneak that back door in the playoffs if Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl and Auburn goes on to win the SEC championship game? Make themselves into the, get themselves into the playoffs. Is it possible to do that? It's possible that Auburn can be can, can be in the playoffs. It's very possible. At the expense of Alabama, do you put Alabama as a four? Is a fourth? Do you put Alabama as a three? If Alabama loses, hypothetically speaking here, hypothetically speaking here, do you put do you put in that final ranking? Auburn wins the SEC championship over over whoever's going to win the SEC. But let's just throw let's just throw, let's throw Kentucky in there. Auburn plays Kentucky. Auburn beats Kentucky. Absolutely, just humiliates Kentucky. Humiliates Kentucky to where they want to quit in the third quarter because it's like seventy-seven to nothing. Okay. Does that? Constitute Auburn leapfrogging a Michigan and Ohio State, Washington, to the extent defeated, and get themselves into a, into a four or to a two or two or three, and then possibly knock out Michigan or or Washington out of the out of the, out of the playoff race. That that's where the controversy comes in. That that's where a lot of that controversy is going to come in. If a two-loss Auburn team can sneak and can get into the playoffs, is the SEC champion? Or if they don't make the playoffs, and Alabama does, as in that large as a four seed, because they have one loss, but they didn't lose, they didn't win a championship. This is where the controversy comes in. This is where the controversy will come in. And we all know that this will be controversy if this happens. So let's just say Auburn runs the table the rest of the season. They finished 10 and 2, 11 and 2. They win they the SEC championship. Go to the Peace Bowl, go to the Cotton Bowl. Go to the Peace Bowl, go to um, Cotton. You know, semifinal games. Question is, here's a question that that everybody wants to know. Auburn wins the semifinal game. Auburn gets there. They're they're. I would just say they're three seed. Alabama's four seed because they have one loss and they lost Alabama. Okay. So say Clemson plays Alabama. Clemson plays Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Um, Auburn plays Michigan in, in the in the Sugar in the, um, in, the, in the in the Peach Bowl. Okay. Michigan somehow loses to Auburn, which could happen. But let's let, let, let's listen to my theory here. Auburn, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama. Clemson loses to Alabama. Auburn beats 
beats this, you know, basically beats Auburn, however you want to put it. Alabama beats the winner of that game. That's where the controversy is going to come in because they're going to feel schools that have better records, kind of like, kind of like Washington, who was, who hypothetically was due because Auburn threw a much better to everybody's fans. So, this is this is where the question comes in. At. If this happens, do you get do you, do you really get to see the best teams? I mean, do you really think that it'll be cause for change? Three years into the ten-year deal. Will you add four teams to the playoffs? That's a little bit of food for thought for you, man. I mean, let's think about this here. Let's think about this here. Does that happen? I mean, it could, it could really happen. I mean, this could really happen. And we're not, we're not going to be at fault. Because that's the way that it that's the way that it goes in a fourteen playoff. Because they're gonna get the best fourteen regardless. But if you're expanded at eight, you get the best eight teams. Then a lot of people are gonna say, Well, we could have got the best two teams Shut up. You know? I think eight teams will be I think eight teams is, is sufficient for this model that you have. Four teams is not enough. Any higher than eight would be too much. So you go with the you go with the ladder, you go with you go with four because you use that plus one. Like Herbstreit like Kurt Herbstreit and some of the other some of the other uh pundits have won it. But if you go one, one, and one, we actually play a playoff game. You actually play two playoff games, a quarterfinal, semifinal, and a, and a final. You play three games. That could be, that could work too. But here's the thing that, here's, here's part of the problem that we have here with this, with this uh, situation. And The problem is you don't want to buck tradition. And being, you know, having bowl games is tradition. And then you incorporate the bowls into into playoff games, which, which makes sense. Which, which does make sense because you're using the, the, the traditional six bowls, the six bowls that, that pay out the most money. And we all know that, yes, the Peach Bowl and the Cotton Bowl pay out the most money of the nine for BCS Bowls. We we do know this, and those are the Premier Bowls. I mean, I know the Liberty Bowl probably will probably um, 
said that they that they should be on that list. I know the independents will probably say they want to be on, they should be on that list as well. But <clears throat> we don't talk about those bowls. We don't talk about those bowls being the greatest bowls, you know, ever. But we do talk about the peace bowl. We do talk about the cotton bowl. We do talk about the rose. We do talk about the sugar. We talk about the we talk about the fiesta. And we talk about the um orange bowl. We talk about those six bowls the most. So yes, I would I would definitely use those six bowls. Those are your six. And the six best bowl because they're the ones with the biggest battles, the biggest payouts to your conference and to your school. So, you know, that's just, like I said, that's just a little bit of a thought for you, but, you know, I'm going to win this game. They're going to win this game. They're going to win this game pretty handily. Um, Georgia's defense is good. But the offense is too anemic, and they're gonna and they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna get mowed down because because of the way that everything goes, everything goes you know according to plan. Auburn will beat Georgia. Auburn will beat Alabama. And then you've got the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa. You know where it could where it could come down to that, and we talk about. Oklahoma State, Texas State. This, this has shootout written all over it. Can Patrick Mahomes do what he did against Oklahoma? I don't think he'll get to that. I don't think he'll get to those numbers. But I think he'll get 400 yards passing. I think Mason Rudolph will get a, get a few hundred yards passing. I think it'll be a high-scoring game like like it was. Do I think that that you get 760-something yards out of, out, of, out of Patrick Mahomes this week? No. But I will go with the over under in in regards to to um uh, to yards. I mean, I I take thirteen hundred total yards between two teams. I I would I would say that thirteen hundred yards between two teams. I would say that that this game would be like a like a like a shootout. No, not not a big time shootout. Not like not like we saw against against Oklahoma, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Where Patrick Mahomes had 764 yards passing, 824 total yards passing, 824 total yards of offense, and seven touchdowns. I mean, I don't think I don't think we'll see that. I don't think we'll see that at all. But I mean, I think you'll see. I think you'll see some last point games. I don't think it'll be a 56-49 game either. I think it'll be like a. I think it'll be like a typical. Big Ten game, sorry, Big Twelve game. I'd say forty nine, forty two. I'd say forty five, forty two. I mean, I mean they're gonna go back and forth. And you're gonna see some, you're gonna see some offense, you're gonna see some defensive stops in this game. I mean, you will see some defensive stops in the game because both these teams they've got relatively good defenses. They just they just throw the ball all over the place. So that was that's what makes the Big Twelve. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like the, the running rebels of '91 uh, football, you know. I mean, do that from that standpoint. And Texas really needs this game in regards to staying, staying uh, on track to get, get into a 
six. Now, I think they went out there making two junior six. Again, you know, playoff implications, both Clemson and Pittsburgh. I think, Pitt, I think Clemson will win this game. Uh, I think they win this game pretty handily. You know, Ohio State, Maryland. Maryland is five and four. You know, they need to win to be bowl eligible. DJ Durson just got great things going on at Maryland. Urban Myers you just got too much. You got too much talent at the disposal. At Ole Miss, I mean, I'm sorry, Ohio State. Boy, why did I say Ole Miss? I, I, I have no clue. But, you know, look at other guys, you know, look at other guys, you know, other teams around here. You know, the boot, of course, LSU, Arkansas. But like, I like LSU in this game. But at the same time, I like Arkansas in this game as well. Playing at home, but playing at home against LSU. Will Leonard Fournette come out mad? Will Leonard Fournette make things happen? I I don't know. I I don't know his mindset right now. Um, I do know that that Alabama is his trip tonight, and he didn't play well against Alabama at all. Uh, so looking at it from that standpoint, does Arkansas have a chance? Yes, they have a chance. They have a great chance winning this game. But I like LSU. I like the defense better. I like the secondary better. I like the front seven. With Arden Key and um, Arden Key and, and Kendall Beckwith and, and those guys, also that that dynamic secondary that this is ball hawking and, and they they like to make the big hit and they like to they like the inside ball, you know, get the takeaway. So I look at that look at that from that standpoint. I think LSU will win this game, but don't be surprised if Arkansas you know comes from behind and win this game. This is a very important game for LSU. They go into the next week. They have a home game against Florida, which makes this game even that much more important to to LSU than it does Arkansas. Um, we look at Arkansas, and look at Arkansas. We look at LSU. We look at this in a sense. LSU is playing for Ed O'Dron. They're playing for Ed O'Dron's job. He's an interim head coach. The Louis, the Louisiana, the LSU faithful love him. He's from the state of Louisiana. He knows how the, he knows how everything goes. So, look at it from that standpoint. I like LSU in this game. I think Ed O'Dron probably get probably gets a job on a permanent basis after this game. Um, one more game we need to talk about: Washington USC. Washington wins, lost again. Uh, uh, win couple with the Washington State loss or. A Stanford loss and they clinched the Pac-12 North. Um, Colorado, they control the destiny in the South. They win a couple with a couple with a couple of things that happen that could happen. Um, they win today against Arizona. Couple with a couple with, well, Arizona's already lost. Colorado could clinch the Pac-12 South. Um, next in the next couple in, in two weeks against. Utah, if um, I guess Utah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things there that's going on as well. Um, so there, there's some things that, that are there as well. Um, one loss in conference for for um for Colorado, seventy-two against a two and seven Arizona team that's just injury rattled everywhere. Um, so I mean. That, that's one of those things. We'll see that game. That's 10 o'clock game on FS1. Uh, again, Michigan and Iowa. Um, 
that's a that's a um excuse me, in a in a divisional game in Phoenix Stadium in Iowa City. It's gonna be a pretty good game. Um I like Michigan in this game. I think Michigan is just way too deep for Iowa. Iowa's kind of in that reloading phase right now. So, you know, I, I like Michigan in this game. Um but before we get out of here, man, I just wanna give a special um happy birthday. Uh I have my birthday on Thursday and I share a birthday with the US Marine Corps. So um so I am standing in ovation for you. Um for all you Marines. Um you know, I've always been told by a Marine that I work with on a regular job. Once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. So it's not just serving. You're still a Marine. So, I mean, you're a Marine. So, um, to the Marine Corps, you know, happy birthday to veterans. I have veterans that were yesterday. So, all the veterans out there, all the veterans I know, my uncles, my uncles who were, who, so, uncle who served in Vietnam, another uncle that, that served in, that served over 30 years in both the National Guard and in the Army as an active, as an active, uh, As an active um active duty. Um also to uh, the friends that, that are in that are in right now. Um my cousin who was who was in the Gulf War, um one of my close friends, my neighbor, one of my neighbors, Colin Ransom, who's still serving, my man Orlando Freeman, he's still serving. Um, Eve Wins, Eve, uh, Abina, Eve Wins, Abina, uh, who's a Marine, who is a Marine, I'm sorry, not a was, is, uh, Brandon Nussery, who, who is, a, who is a Marine, um, Philip Markle, who was in the Navy, um, there's so many, so many I can name off, I just want to name, I just want to name off a few, uh, the man, Sergeant Doughboy, Doughboy was in the Army, he did four tours in Iraq. Um, just want to give him a special thank you for your service. Um, that comes from me, from survive my heart. Being a nephew of military people, of, of people who have been in the military, um, it makes it makes me very happy to see that everybody's doing well. Um, doing well in their, in their own personal endeavors, but um, everybody just have fun this weekend. Um, don't overdo it. I know I'm not gonna overdo it this weekend. Um, I just wanna have a little fun and and I'll drink a little bit. Go support your local football teams again. Uh, congratulations on the great seasons for True, uh, my alma mater, Super High School, Calvert High School, Lynette and Lafayette. So you guys have a great weekend and. Um, Let's go tell the day. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, see, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow, make it easy to ride to, yeah, 
You know, sometimes I look around and I think like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. You can me. Oh, I can't? But I can try, right? <laughs> yeah. But what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I told a girl I love for you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy and then I turned to a man on my own. The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around. And the summer I'm falling for you is going down. Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine. And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind. Think I'm the one, now that's just something I'm reaching to find. Out of control, but yo, that shit that I still been denying. Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up. And looking back where I started, my only way is up. Weight of the world, but I lifted before the weight is up. And still myself the one and only that I came to trust. Now that's some crazy luck. Yeah. Let it rock. But you want some soul shit. Yeah. And she just keeps saying. You can't rescue me. Oh, nah. You know what? Maybe you're right. What you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be here in spirit so you can hear this Yeah, well these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Friday. Whipping through the horizon, my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the wall where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the all those around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming that through the phone. While I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal. How I ran up the standards of how we live it. It's funny they pull the camera. The picture how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone. And you just how I started by killing this on my own My word is my bond And I'm just out on my own With lucky landslots You can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here We were getting lucky in the limo And we lost track of time No, Lucky Land Casino With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.